This is the BAM School Podcast, where we talk about business adventure and mission with your host, Buddy Rathmel. Welcome to the BAM School Podcast. I'm excited today to introduce you to Liv Steffen. Brett and Liv were uh, part of a community of young believers that we had called, that we called Young Church um, in Chiang Mai, Thailand. They had come out and were part of uh, launching a business called Expat Homes that is still in existence today. And we're over there for about five years. Is that right? For about six, six years. Yeah. Yep. Six years in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And um, super fun to uh, have them as friends and um, young folks that were in our uh, just our orbit. And um, one, I'm going to share a live story where live uh rescued me one time i was um i had gotten a bug in my eye because i was riding my motorcycle without glasses or or a helmet and um i got it out but it was really hurting so i went to a nurse and she said oh you're good you just have scratched your eye um so i laid in bed for about 24 hours and i couldn't move my eye because every time i would move it it would hurt and um, the next day I had to go get something at this place called Cod Farang, and I ran into Liv and her friend April and, um, I was just, I was like probably walking funny or something. And they're like, what's wrong with your eye? And I said, oh, I can't move my eyeball. It hurts. And so Liv was like, well, let me look at it. And I, as she lifted up my eyelid, they realized the stinger was still in my eyelid, scratching my eyeball. And, um, April was like, I'm going to go get something. And she ran into the store to get it, came back out with like solution or something. And then she's like, I'm going to go get, she ran back and lives like, I could just get this out. And so she flipped out my eyelid, yanked out the stinger that was scratching the top of my eyeball and it was immediate relief. And, uh, so grateful to you for many things, but also for saving my eyeball live. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like if you were just miserable. You're like, I'm, I'm doing terrible. <laughs> I'm walking around with my eye, just obviously getting scratched nonstop. Yes. It was, terrible. It, was it was not a uh, fun 36 hours or so that I experienced that, but thank you for saving my eyeball. Um, my excited to have you on the podcast. Um, you're doing, so you guys helped to launch expat homes in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And now you run um, a store, a vendor store, pop-up store uh, called Live Thai. How did that come about? How did, how did you, you know, did you have an entrepreneurial desire as a young person? How did you get to that place? Yeah, I feel like I'd probably have to spend a few days reflecting on my childhood to figure out what it was that I was like as a kid that made me want to do something like that. I don't have quick... Mem like, I don't have any memories that come quickly to my mind about what I was like as a little girl when it comes to live Thai and what it is. But obviously we were in Thailand because Brett and I both knew that we weren't pastors of any kind. Like Brett wasn't a pastor. That wasn't his vocation. He was a business, business guy. He grew up doing business. His dad grew up doing business. And that was the same story for myself. So we grew up around small business everywhere kind of like this little world of that. And so we knew that that's what we were good at and gifted in. And when it came to considering missions, we figured let's do something that we already have a skill set in. Let's go work on starting a business overseas. So that's what got us there. And then I think 
in my time of six years of being there with traveling back and forth, buying product from the markets and bringing it back and having little, little, a little like setup where people could come in and buy product from there was really easy to do. It was fun. Um, I, I think that I had an eye for picking out the stuff that people really liked and would enjoy in America. And so that made it easy. And so we would just come back with a bunch of stuff and then everyone would come through and, and buy everything. And we probably did that three times. And every time it just, we did more and more. And we used that to subsidize our plane tickets because, you know, we had the two of us and then four kids traveling back and forth. So I never got to a point where I totally covered all of our plane ticket expenses. But I think that was kind of where the interest interest came. So by year five of living there, we had done that type of market research. And um, my last uh, time of being in the States, I was talking to my brother, my dad, and Brett. And I was telling all of them how I just think it would be neat to have this little business called Live Thai. And I brought me bringing back all these products from Thailand and... Um, I think it was in year five that all of a sudden I kind of felt like we were coming to the end of our time. I don't know if Brett was fully feeling that, but I came to Brett and was just like, I think I'm going to regret if I, I like to like Google drop myself into the future and then like look back and decide on my regrets. Yeah. And I was like, I just think I'm going to regret not doing this. And so... Uh, I just blatantly asked him one weekend, like, I really want to do this. Will you do this with me? Because I can't do it without you. He's the accountant and business minded. Um, just a lot better at deciphering whether something's remaining viable. So I'm like, I need you alongside of me for this. Um, and he was like, yep, I'll do it with you. And the next morning, my brother called and was like, hey, remember how you were talking about doing Live Thai? He's like, I and my wife would love to come alongside of you and do the stateside so go ahead and buy all the product. We will set up everything here to like do your mailings and to have the online store. And we'll even go to like some events for you and take your product and set cool. up for your events. And so uh, it just felt like complete confirmation that this was the right thing. And his wife is actually a graphic designer. And so she did all of my, she developed my branding for me. So we spent the next couple of months developing the branding and then just going into what we were doing. And then I have, I happened to be good friends with our men our well, you were our mentors there, but also another couple, Matt and Michelle Kokulek were our mentors as well. And their oldest daughter was a photographer. So I reached out to them. I was like, Nicole has taken many family photos of us before. Do you think that she can do product photos? And she was able to do it and her, her ability and is just incredible. And she did a great job making the business feel like it was well-branded too. So. Yeah. And so how did you connect? I saw on your site, you have the folks that are making your products that you're bringing in. How did you connect with them? So when I was doing those runs, when we would, you know, visit the States, that's when I met them is just from shopping all the streets. And those three particular, I, so like I said, I feel like I did have a particular thing I was always looking for. And those three artisans hit all three points for me and what I enjoyed in a product that I found there, which was I wanted it to be an original design of the artisan. So I felt like each of my products from those people, they had products within what they did that were their original design. And that was important to me because it proved that they themselves were an artist. And then I felt like all three of them had quality 
all of their products were filled with like, you know, one of them is genuine leather or like I watched all the stitch seams or all the sewing and to make sure that it was all well done or like the quality of it not breaking, things that lasted. So that was really important to me and that like held true with all three of them. And then lastly, I looked at the individual and I felt like the individual in all three of those artisans, each of them were hardworking people who weren't, who were really truly business people at core. And of course, as I said earlier, like we were overseas because we ourselves were business people to minister to other business people and employ those people. And so I think your heart just has a heart for what you love and seeing that those artisans were really hard workers. I think that's one of my greatest values that I was raised yeah. with. I just wanted to celebrate that. Like I wanted them to feel their hard work paying off and being appreciated. So cool. That's awesome. What do you think? Um, like as you do, you know, the pop-up stores and different things, what do you think separates you from, from other vendors that are doing the same kind of business as you think about your, you know, people making stuff or your staff or whatever? Um, there are three aspects that I like to talk to our employees about that separate, that should separate our pop-up. And that is, one is that anytime a customer comes up, that that customer feels seen. So we engage, we smile, we want to embody like the light of Christ. And so I think it's super important to have like a sincerity of warmth and interest towards everyone that comes through. Um, and so that's one of our key points. But I also think that our product is experiential. Like we have um, wrap bracelets, so I, I should have brought them, but you just wrap them around your wrist. And so it's exciting to like see them laid out because people are like, oh, what is that? It makes them, they're curious, they want to grab one and we offer like, okay, you hold one, I'll hold one, I'll show you how to do it. This is, and it just makes it fun and interactive. So I think that's important. And then we also always are sure to try to, when, once we know that they're interested in the product, we love letting them know the story behind it. And the story usually pushes, it usually pushes people over the edge. They're like, oh, you know, I thought this place was beautiful and you guys were so nice, but like, you guys also have a story. <laughs> like you, you, you know, you just go through all the artisans. We talk about how I lived there and how it's a know your maker store. Um, and people love that. People love to be able to, if they're getting it as a gift, they love to be able to offer that gift of a story as well. So. Yeah, it's so true. I remember years ago seeing a, a thing, a study where this professor had just put items on eBay and then they put additional or identical items on eBay that had a story behind them. Like here's where this was made or here's why this is special. And the ones with the story, it was like they sold, you know, it was like eight times as much the price for those. Oh things. my word. So that is crazy. I mean, I think we just love story in general. We love movies. We love, you know, stories. So when you're buying a product to know the story behind it, everyone, yeah, that's going to, like you said, push people over the edge of, oh, wow, I get to see who is doing this. Um, yes. When when we lived in, I say when we lived in Thailand, because I'm only going to be there like three and a half more months um, total before we move back. But um, there was this coffee I used to get. And in the coffee, they used to put like a little piece of paper that just had like what was going on with the coffee. Like, hey, it was a dry season. Our coffee is going to taste like this or you know, it was a big season. I just remember like, I, I liked that coffee just for this little piece of paper <laughs> that I would read. I mean, That's I liked so it great. also because it was cheap and good, but I really liked 
knowing, and I was sad they quit putting those pieces of paper in and, and it was kind of like, sometimes you would get one, sometimes you wouldn't. So, um, I'm sad that they put that away, but yeah, the story, um, I think is a huge yeah. thing. And, um, and obviously like your staff, I know I've known some of your staff or I've seen some of them on, um, you know, YouTube or Instagram or whatever. And they display that warmth too, that you're talking about, that they are, you know, individually they're, you know, displaying that warmth. So, yes. And, um, I think it's really cool that you right now employing a young lady, um, Willow, who has, it was kind of funny cause she helped your business grow, but you felt bad that she was doing so much, but she's probably a lot of the reason. I mean, you're really like, you know, your revenue is, is pushing from side hustle almost to like, you know, full-time income type of level. So, um, explain to me that whole process of pouring into Willow, her pouring into the business. How has that been for you? Well, I feel like I could talk to, about Willow for a really long time. She, she's such an incredible blessing. So we hired her as a manager part-time in January of this year. So this will be, she's almost done a full year here. And before that she was our babysitter. So she just started off like coming here, babysitting the kids. I would be running out and doing things. And she, we had the product here. So I had the product inside the house in an office, and then we moved it out into the garage. And so she, she, there were times where I was like, all right, listen, Willow, I know you're watching the kids. I know that's, this is a lot to ask, but I need you to watch the kids. And I need you to like, I need you to take care of all my inventory. I need you to count all this up and re-enter it in. And so I remember her retelling me that story. And she's like, I mean, you told me that and you're like, this is a big deal, but like, I was like, yes, I will make this happen. Of course I'm going to do this. Yeah. Like she just totally loved that aspect. Like if you're getting invited into yeah. that. So once um, she just kind of started asking more and more about it, she was like, can I go to, can I go to a pop-up? Um, I was having her do mailings. And then she was like, why can't I go to a show? What if you got someone else to babysit the kids and I go to a show? And so she came with us. She, I was blown away because I had only seen her babysitting my kids. I hadn't seen her as like a sales person. Yeah. And I was so impressed with her ability to engage with people. And I, I still tell her, I'm like, I remember the first time you came and I stood to like work the bracelets cause she had never done it before. And I was just like, listen, Willow, just watch me for a little bit and you'll catch on. It's really easy. And, um, I remember standing there doing it and explaining everything and engaging with, and she literally probably within 15 minutes came over and was like, I want to do this. Cool. Like get out of here. And like, she came in and she literally just took on like a whole, I was just so amazed um, by her. So later I've found out more and more of her story, which has been really fun. Cause she's just, a, she is truly like, she's the one with the mini entrepreneur, like personality. So I like, I would be like the mini like designer, like people would see me as a designer. Like that's how people would identify me probably as a kid. And like now, um, but with her, she at 11 years old was on the side of her street in her neighborhood selling lemonade and cookies and like grew this little pop-up to where like everyone kind of in that oh, wow. area of Peoria just knew Willow and her cart. And before that she was at a public school and she said that there was a corner of the room that a teacher was like, uh, you know what? I think we might make that into a little library. And she was like, oh, 
I'll organize all those books for you. Like, do you want me to organize those for you? I'll do that. Yeah. And so she said that she went in there and like organized all the books, and, like made that corner really cool. And then she was like, um, teacher, do you think that I could have my desk like over there and like I could kind of sit by it and then kids could come and check out and I could be like the librarian that like checks the books in and out. So then she would like check the books in and out. She like had this whole like system going in the corner with, and so it's just, it just is a part of her blood. Yeah. Like it just runs through her. And so that's been really exciting to see and like watch her little story. Well, and it's really cool <laughs> that you, one that you challenged her right from the start. Like I think good leaders have high support and high challenge, you know, and you supported her, but you gave her something to rise up to that she did. She, you know, she rose to it. She rose to the next level, the next level. And um, like you were saying, when we talked before the call, like you could give her like her own territory and she could go and run it and, and launch it. Um, Oh, totally. And that's one of the cool things too, is to see like, okay, this is her gifting. This is who God created her to be. Let me push her in that direction, help her to flourish, you know? And, um, it was funny that you said you were a designer. I remember now when Brett built my, one of the offices that I had in Thailand that you came and like picked out the colors for us and told, oh, yeah. told us what to do for different things. I'd forgotten about that until you, um, just mentioned that. What, um, in, in the, bit of running the business what are some of the, what have been some of the hard times for you in just running live tie what are some of the difficult pieces i'm juggling a lot yeah. and so i'm a mom of five kids so i think that i don't know i think that that part has at times been more stressful than what i realized yeah. i think in the moments i don't see it but I feel like right now I'm in a moment where I have enough space, like Willow's giving me enough space, enough breathing room where I can finally look back and be like, wow, like I didn't realize how much that was weighing down on yeah. me. So I think the moments that has maybe been hard at times is, you know, we started Live Thai after having a big break with a baby. Like my fourth child was probably two. And I think... There was this level of like, okay, I have a little bit of capacity again to do something. And then we moved back to the States and had another baby. And in the midst of that, I took on like full-time work with Liv Thai because we moved back. And so we relocated the, all the online stuff into my house. So I think having all three of those things kind of compile on myself at one time was probably more stress than what I realized. Um, yeah. And, and I think Willow you forgot to mention that, that you renovated your house in the middle of that too. Yeah, we renovated the house. Yeah. <laughs> so I, and you know, Willow was obviously coming in as a babysitter and watching all of this happening over like two years. So I feel like she sometimes, as an outsider looking in, had a better grip on like my stress levels than I ever did. Yeah. So I think that, I think that, you know, just the juggling of that. But I also think that like at the same time in saying that, I think that that is what like obedience and faithfulness looks yeah. like. Like there are times where it is weighty and it's hard, but like God calls us, especially, well, all of us, but I think women have this comp, there's a complication in that, but it is like, it is true biblical femininity for us to have a lot of things going. Like yeah. we are mothers and we are children and at the same time. We're supposed to model to them what it is to be faithful with work. And that's what we're teaching them at the same time. So part of my teaching is to like have something that I'm being fruitful in as well as 
that's part of the fruit of being fruitful in them is to like give them that example and to raise them up with, with a godly example of what it is to have a good work theology. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah, that's so cool. And, um, yeah, really fun to, you know, I know you guys, you work really hard. You and Brett both have a lot of energy. You're doing a lot of things and, um, yeah, part of that is training up your kids and, um, giving them that theology of work. That's really, really cool. What are some of your, what's your favorite part of running a business or what are the things that you really like about it? Um, this is something that Brett said from the beginning that I would want. And I, I think it's true is that I like deciding the pace. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's because of what kind of what I just said, like when you have I know that I'm a mother first, like I'm a wife and mother first. And I think if I felt a strong need to perform or be pulled away from that because someone else was kind of telling me what my role in, in my work is, like if I had a co-owner or if I had, if I was like an employee for an owner, I think it would be a difficult situation for me because my heart is for my kids yeah. um, and for my marriage and for like my home and my, that refuge and that building up that space. And so, um, I think me being able to decide this, the pace of this and how it like comes alongside of our family and really blesses our family is probably the thing that I like about it. And I think that it does offer me like, it will and has offered me space to be creative. Yeah. Um, and space to feel productive. I think, in general, in my life, I do like to have kind of these like big, kind of like the, you know, the analogy of the big rocks, yeah. like, and how we have those things first. I think one of my, the big rocks that I like to have in place is like something that I really feel like is a core foundational, like, um, purpose and meaning in my life. And obviously I have that with my kids, but I think that um, live tie just automatically kind of has this default. Like I know I'm about something. Yeah. And when we lived in Thailand, I had that, Yeah. like without even realizing, it. I think moving back, I was a little shocked at like, there was just this built in purposeful, meaningful thing that we were doing. I didn't ever have to sit there and think, what is my life about? We were at something. So, yeah. um, I like that. I like that aspect that I have like that built in piece that I know is beyond me yeah. in my little world. Yeah. That's cool. Well, if, um, our listeners want to get a wrap or a bag or something that you're selling, what's the best way for them to do that? And if they just want to connect with you in any way, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, you Could can you go to livetie.com and get there's, we have a wide selection on livetie.com. Um, for our online store. And then we love it if people follow us on Instagram. It actually is just a great, helpful way for you to stay on top of all of our pop-ups um, and what's going on there. So that is live.ty, at live.ty. Um, we're also on Facebook. You can find us there. Uh, but that's, that's where about all of our platforms right now. All right, cool. Well, thanks so much, Liv. It was really fun having you on. Fun to hear your story about your journey of faith in the business world and how you're using that to um, 
yeah, live out the person that God has created you to be and further the kingdom at the same time. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It was really fun. BAM School, facilitating a global self-funding disciple-making movement through business. Thanks for tuning in to the BAM School podcast. Find show notes, free courses, resources, and more at forbam.com.